Responsibility is the price of greatness. Responsibility is the price of greatness. Glory to God. That was, that's a quote from Winston Churchill. Okay. Father, we thank you, Lord, as we look to your word. We thank you, Lord, that each and every one of our eyes will be open, Father God, to the word this morning, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that as the word goes forth, Father God, it sets us free, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, as we are set free, Father God, our faith continues to grow and we mature. And we do, Father God, the things that you called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Yesterday, December 7th, well, some 78 years ago, December 7th, 1941, Pearl Harbor was attacked by the Japanese. Some 3,581 servicemen were killed. Ten warships were destroyed. Then President Roosevelt called it a day of infamy. America entered World War II. Remember Pearl Harbor. Um, today, the battleship USS Arizona is a symbol and a reminder of that eventual, eventual day. 9-11, September 11th, 2001, the Twin Towers in Lower Manhattan, New York, were destroyed by Islamic terrorists, killing 2,977 civilians. A 9-11 memorial and museum now stands honoring those who were killed and documenting its impact. There have been other events in history that have symbols, such as the remembrance of the Jewish Holocaust, the death camps, and the horrible injustice done there. Yet there are greater symbols given by God that his promises are true and eternal. Example, the rainbow in the clouds. It can be seen and found anywhere in the world. God's covenant that the waters will never again destroy all flesh. The Bible is full of covenant blessings, amen, that grant availability to the believer, such as your tithes and offerings. Those are covenant blessings. The star in the east and the, ma and the manger in Bethlehem. A child is born, a son is given. We are in Christmas, the Christmas season now, and it is a glorious time, amen? The greatest miracle that ever occurred, the entrance of God's Son, Jesus Christ, into the world. What a wonderful truth and a hope for Christmas. God brought his glory to us, or God gave his glory to us, his son. Glory to God. In uh, John 3.16, for God so loved, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is the good news of the gospel. Amen. Amen. Every one of us needed to be rescued. For we were sinful and worthy of condemnation and punishment. God himself intervened, glory to God, on our behalf. It's amazing that God chose us. <laughs> Look back on your past. It's amazing that he chose you. It's amazing that he chose me. We had nothing to offer God but sin. Think about that. 
even greater is the fact that salvation is permanent, forever. Glory to God. We're adopted now as children and heirs to the kingdom of God. Wow. Glory to God. All believers, look at that. The gift of forgiveness and reconciliation of God is free to all who receive Jesus. Amen. He made an atonement on our behalf. Christ did everything that was necessary to rescue us. Glory to God. Glory, glory to God in the highest once again. Think about it. God gave us his son. He, he gave us his glory. Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2. When, God, when Jesus came to earth, he was, in, he was the embodiment of love. So the glory of God in the highest was a perfect way to announce his birth. Luke 2, looking at verse 14. Well, let's go to verse 13. And suddenly, verse 13, Luke 2, 13. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying... Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Amen. Glory to God in the highest for his glory. He gave us his glorious son. Glory, man. Christmas is a symbol of remembrance. As much as Resurrection Sunday is, the cross and the empty tomb celebrates a victory. Amen. Think about it. When we begin to understand what it is to be a Christian, to be engrafted into his family, we will begin to know and understand faith. When we grow, begin to grow and know that we're in his family, our faith begins to grow. The Christian family is bound together by the blood, of the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. We must help each other under, to understand the gospel and maintain our faith. So with that thought in mind, let's go to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Look at this. Well, let's go to verse 8. 13.8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Glory to God. He changes not. He loved us on the cross, and he loves us today. Glory. Verse 9. Be not carried about with diverse strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that, we, that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been uh, occupied therein. It says that, glory to God. We shouldn't be caught up with strange doctrines. Find out what God's word, word says and follow, follow through on it. Don't be carried away. We need to avoid strange doctrines. Don't listen to what everybody says. Find out what the word says. Be, be as the Bereans. Acts chapter what? Verse what? Boy, nobody remembers. How about Acts chapter 11, verse 7? 
Beelzebub, the Berean. Check out what's written. Amen? Glory to God. We need to avoid the wrong things. Oh, let's stand out and turn to the book of John. Uh, not John, but James. Move forward to the book of James. And chapter 5. We have to know this. Know what is doctrinally true. James chapter 5, looking at verse 19 and 20. Brethren, if any of you err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converts the sinner from error of his way shall be a, a, save his soul from death and shall hide in multitudes of sins. We need to avoid getting to wrong things because it could get us into deep trouble. Uh, we need, as brothers and sisters, to motivate each other in the things of the Lord. Go back to Hebrews chapter 10, or the book of Hebrews, this time the 10th chapter, Hebrews 10. We must motivate one another. Are you motivating your friends in, in the Lord? Thank you for the amens. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 10, verse 24. Well, let's go to verse 22. Let us draw nigh with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil uh, consistence and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering for he that is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. There it is. We need to lift up one another. Glory to God. When we lift up one another, we, we ought to be joyful. Amen. You're a king. You're a child of the king. You are blessed. What you put your hand to shall prosper. You're, you're above and not beneath. Amen. You're a joint heir of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been made to be more than a conqueror. Boy, those are good things. That may, should make you joyful. Amen. Amen. Look, at, look what it says there. Again, verse 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to do good works. We need to lift up one another. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's the joy of salvation. The Lord teaches us, the uh, Lord gives us, I should say, opportunities. Right. Lord gives us opportunities to tell others. Whoops. Whether it's a family member or a co-worker, friends or strangers, we, he has given us an opportunity to share the good news. God opens the word. So let's go to Colossians, the book of Colossians, chapter 4. Look at verse 3, Colossians 4, 3. This is speaking to you and me. With all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance. Have you been praying for a door of utterance or the door to be opened that you can speak something? To speak the mysteries of Christ for which I am also in bonds? Are you, are you, are you willing to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. We should be motivated to do so. Amen. Amen. Now, I know we go through some, some periods that we, have, we feel that we have great faith. Amen. And strong 
and a strong sense of uh, uh, anointing upon us. But then all of a sudden, sometimes we just feel all dried up. Man, I'm parched. I need something, right? God hasn't left us. Amen. We have allowed ourselves to drift away and become parched and dry. Remember Jesus on the cross? He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why is that? Because he took on our sin. And God cannot have parley with sin. Sin separated Jesus from the Father. But praise God, when Jesus was raised from the dead, Jesus tells us, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Remembrance. Remembrance can be a final word of great importance. A remembrance can be a final words of great importance. The Lord's Supper is a call to remembrance. We were having it this morning. So we're going to look at this. I think it's going to blow some of your minds. When I was doing some study, this opened up a bunch of stuff. Okay. The Lord's Supper is called, uh, is called to remembrance. The Lord's Supper is more than a meal. It's a memorial. Do this in remembrance of me. When we share the bread and the cup, we are not, re not only responsible to receive, but we ought to remember. Remember what took place, okay? The Passover Jesus took, partook of before his crucifixion. He told the disciples to remember. Let's go to the book of Luke once more. Uh, got a few, quite a few things there in Luke, and then we'll go to um, Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. We'll keep on going. There it is. This is what Jesus said in Luke 22, verse 19. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. So his body, okay, then we can go to uh, what we read at uh, the communion table in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Amen. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We will start with verse 23. Paul is writing, For I have received the Lord, that which is also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance to me. There's that uh, memorial or remembrance. Verse 25, and after the same manner, he also took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye off as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Wow. Jesus said, remember me. In both those instances, both the bread and the cup. The word remembrance means much more than recalling something or someone in the past. To remember is to make vivid, to make real, to recall, and make contemporary the reality of the deed. Again, again, one more time. To remember is to make vivid, to make real, to recall, and make contemporary the, uh, the reality of the deed. So we're supposed to make this 
reality into our hearts and our minds. What took place? What, what, what did he do? Why do we have to remember this? Uh, to aid our memory, Jesus uh, chose two symbols um, that's necessary for life to remind us. One, the bread and, and the, the wine or the cup. Uh, he desires that we, we, we remember him. He wants our time together as a spiritual family. So when we were taking partaking of the, the uh, communion, he says we're part of his spiritual family. And we should vibrantly recall things of his life. Remember. Do this in remembrance of me. What did he, what did he do? What did he accomplish? It's tragic when a believer loses sight of what it means to be redeemed. Or forget who the redeemer is. Some of us, you know, just let it you know, slide. A Christian should not forget or take for granted the reason that Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. Now we're going to find why Lord's Supper. Lord's Supper is to remind us of the prices, of the price Jesus paid to save us. Though this communion table should remind us of the, the price that Jesus paid to save us. He, he never wants us to forget the sacrifice. Amen? Not for his sake, but for our sake. The Lord's Supper pictures the, uh, pictures the pain, the suffering, and the sacrifice that he went through. Through the broken bread, he reminds us of his body that was broken to meet the hunger of salvation. And that's setting free of our bodies. In his brokenness, Jesus received our sin through his blood. Jesus never erased, me, Jesus erased our sin, glory to God. His body and blood became the perfect sacrifice. He atoned for our sins, took it away, glory to God. But the night that Jesus partook of this cup, going back to Luke 22, 20, but that night when Jesus said, this cup is a New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Something highly uncommon was done. Now, this is going to blow you away. It did me. Okay. So we're just going to have to look back a little bit, put, put the table on the side there, and look what a picture of something has taken place. When a young Jewish man was of marrying age. He and his father would meet the young woman and her father to negotiate the bride's price. When the negotiations were complete, the custom was that the young, young man would take a cup of wine and hold it out to the prospective bride and say to her, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which I offer to you. In other words, he was saying this. I love you and I will give my life to you. Will you marry me? That's, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? At this time, the young woman had a choice. Yes or no. She would take, she would take the cup and return it if she said no. So I'll take the cup. No. Not, not for you. Okay. 
or she would answer without saying a word by drinking the cup. The act was, the, this act was her way of saying, I accept your offer, I will marry you, and I will give, give you my life. So what was Jesus saying? I give you a new covenant. I love you. Will you be mine? Wow, how heavy that is. On the Last Supper, on the Last Supper, the disciples knew the celebrating of the Passover and all the rituals they had gone through all their lives. But when it came time to drink the third cup of wine, which is the cup of redemption, Jesus left, lifted up the cup as the disciples expected and to offer the traditional Seder thanks. And the Seder thanks went this. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, for giving us the fruit of the vine. But Jesus said something probably they didn't expect. This cup is a new covenant in my blood which I offer to you. Now, it's hard to figure out what, what the disciples thought. Boy, this guy, something's off. He didn't do a blessing, but he's, he's a marriage proposal? Almost like. Um, yet they may have understood Jesus' willingness to die and give his life for them. I love you as my father promised you. Promised your fathers. I will pay the price for you. And response, will you love me back by giving me your life? So when we take partake of this cup, he's saying, you receive it, and if you receive it, you're giving, giving him your life. It's so mind-blowing. Wow. As we partake in the Lord's Supper, we must be mindful of Jesus' offer. He still says, I love you. He proved, it, proved the extent of his love by dying on the cross for our sins. I offer my life to you. Will you be mine? He is saying. Taking the cup is a solemn moment. For in it is the moment that one looks to the Heavenly Father and says, Yes, I accept your offer. I will give my life to you in response. Wow, when you take that cup, I, I give my life to you. This is a response that I have. So wow, this, this, this Passover right now we know as a communion. Communion table says, I'm giving you my life. You gave me everything. You healed my body, took away my sin, and I'm going to give you my life. Wow. As it is vivid today, as the day uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus is the Lord, your, uh, your Savior. When coming, to the re coming to the table, remember the symbols and their meanings, the bread and the cup. The overwhelming sacrifice and your response. Is it gratitude or just flippantly, you know, just, well, I'm going up there and just, it's another, t you know. No, we need to really think about what's going on. Something we need to recall. G we took the life of Jesus Christ. We took his life. It was our sin that nailed him to the cross. He was innocent. But he took our place. Never forget to remember him. We taste the bread and sip the cup to recall the life that was taken, the sacrifice that was made for you and me personally. Wow. So 
communion, this, this communion table should, should you know, lift us up. Amen. Okay. We're going to get out of here early. Okay. Remember what the quiz was this morning or for this today? Anybody? Well, I guess I'm not going to do these anymore. Nobody remembers anything. It was found in 2 Kings chapter 4. I'll tell you that much, okay? Elijah was taken to heaven by a fiery chariot. Elisha would be Elijah's replacement. Okay. Elisha found a man who he would mentor to be the next prophet after him. What was the man's name? Boy, some of us better just turn, turn the page and go back there. Oh, boy. Second Kings, chapter 4. Maybe these quizzes are too hard for you. Second Kings, chapter 4. Okay. What was this man's name? We will find out that the man that uh, Elisha took, you're supposed to read the whole thing. And you'll find out that in verse 12, Elisha's um, replacement, verse 12, he said to Gehazi, his servant. So this is Gehazi, okay? And what is he known for? What happened in Gehazi's life that we can have an understanding? Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Nobody? I'll give you one more chance. Gehazi would be a prophet in training, okay? Now, if we read on in chapter 5, Gehazi, or there was a man named Naaman, a Syrian general named Naaman, and uh, he had leprosy from head to toe. And he was told by uh, one of their little slave girls, which was a Jewish slave girl, I know a man that can get rid of your leprosy. So he said, I'll go there. And he gets mad because Elisha doesn't come out there and speak to him face to face. He just tells, Elisha tells Gehazi, go out there and tell him, just jump in the river over there, right. Jordan River, and dip seven times. Of course, he gets mad. How dare he? I, you don't know who I am. I'm, you know, I'm somebody. You have to just come out there. How many, how many times have you ever felt, thought that way? They need to speak to me themselves. Don't send a flunky out there to talk to me. Okay. And so Naaman dips in the, the Jordan River how many times? 
Seven times, God's perfect number. And he comes out cleansed. And he goes up to, to Elisha. He says, what can I give you? Uh, let me reward you. And Elijah says, nothing. Just nothing. Just praise, praise the Lord God that you've been cleansed. So he takes off and get Gehazi. This is what he's famous for. Gehazi, after Elisha goes in the house, Gehazi goes, as soon as it's, Naaman's way out there a little ways, he goes running after him. And Naaman says, oh, is there something wrong? No, 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 Gehazi said. But there could be, if you would give me a, a few tokens for your appreciation, you know, for other, you know, other people that might come. They might need the money, and they might need the clothes. So Naaman was, was happy about it. He said, oh, sure, I'll give you. He gave him clothes, and he gave him money. So Gehazi picks up all this treasure, this booty that he's got, and he take his, takes it to his house. Nothing wrong with that, right? So he goes, so he goes back to Elisha. Elisha said, Where, what have you done? Nothing. What happened? What did he do? He lied. And what happened? Elisha says, you've got leprosy and all your descendants will have leprosy. Wow! That's not a good trade-off. Okay. So Gehazi lost his job and became a, a leper. And he moved to the city of Samaria. Are you ready for this one? Chapter 7. Give you a little bit inkling. Verse 3. And there were four leopards. Leprous men at the entering of the gate. And they said to one another, Why sit we here until we die? And the rabbinical uh, writings, it stated that the four leopards were Gehazi and his three sons. Whoa! Isn't that something? Then look at um, what happens to Gehazi. You know, we find out Elisha passes away, but then we look at uh, Gehazi here. And the eighth chapter... Eighth chapter. The king talks to Gehazi, the Jewish king. Verse 4 And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. He couldn't say, It, it would have been even better. Tell me all the great things that you've done, because I know you were trained under Elisha. But it didn't happen that way. Okay. I see you're all jumping up and down for joy out there. I'm going to throw you a big curveball this time. Turn to the book of Luke. This is next week's quiz. And if you don't come up with, if I don't come up with answers and participation, <laughs> we may not do these anymore. I'll have to, have to get you back to, go back to, it says, Strong meat is for the strong meat is for the 
mature. Right. We're going to have to go way back, back down to sucking on the bottles. So this is, this is a challenge for you this, this time. Luke chapter 1. I'll be, begin with verse 1. I'm going to give you, I'm giving you some of the answers already. For as much as many have taken the hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they deliver them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. Verse 3 is what we want to look at. It seems good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theopolis. Who is Theopolis? Now, you've got to really have to do some studying here. You can turn to Acts chapter 9, and it'll tell you within the first four, four verses who this Theopolis was. I may not mention his name, but Luke wrote his name there, so he had to be somebody important. Most excellent, that means he had to be a, in a high office someplace. Most excellent Theophilus. Okay. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We'll see how you do on that one next week. You should be all geared up. Okay. We talked about the communion table. and the blessings that are involved with it. So, pay attention. Re remember. Remember. Do this in remembrance of me. So we can file forward and pick up your emblems and when we get all everybody has their emblems we'll partake together and we can have a little music as we file forward all right for i have received of the lord that which also i deliver unto you that the lord jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he break it and said take eat this is my body which was broken for you this do in remembrance of me his body was broken beaten, stripes were laid upon him, and the bread is a symbol of his body, unleavened bread. That body that knew no sickness or disease received all sicknesses and disease for our behalf. So Father God, as we take this bread, 
Let us understand that all sicknesses and diseases, Father God, are made null and void, Father God, through the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, sacrifice in Jesus' name. As we look to the cup, the cup represents his blood. He paid the price to give us life, life eternal with him and the Father. We are joint heirs children of God. What a sacrifice. We thank you, Father, for the obedience of your son, Jesus, to allow his blood to flow, Father God, to wash us of our sins, that we can be reinstated, Father God, into the family of God. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Symbols of remembrance. Symbols of remembrance. So next time you see the bread and the cup, you'll know what it is. Thank you, Lord. Father, we are praising you and we just give you thanks. Thank you, Lord, that... Uh, You've opened up our eyes and our understanding, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that you opened up areas, Father God, which were hidden before, Father God, and now are open to us, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for your precious word. We thank you, Lord, for our precious Savior. Thank you, Lord, that we can rejoice that we are King's children. And we can share the good news of the gospel, Father God, to those that are lost and dying, those that are needing healing, those that are needing to be set free. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of doing so. Now, as we go our separate ways, Father God, I thank you, Lord. We do so, Father God, with a joyful heart. I thank you, Lord, that we will, Father God, be a light to those that are in darkness that they may come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.